Chapter 10 of Joshua by George Ebers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10 Hosea was forced to hurry in order to overtake the tribes in time, for the farther they proceeded, the harder it would be to induce Moses and the leaders of the people to return and accept the treaty. The events which had befallen him that morning seemed so strange that he regarded them as a dispensation of the god whom he had found again. He recollected, too, that the name Joshua, he who helps Jehovah, had been received through Miriam's message. He would gladly bear it, for though it was no easy matter to resign the name for which he had won renown, still many of his comrades had done likewise. His new one was attesting its truth grandly. Never had God's help been more manifest to him than this morning. He had entered Pharaoh's palace, expecting to be imprisoned or delivered over to the executioner, as soon as he insisted upon following his people, and how speedily the bonds that held him in the Egyptian army had been sundered. And he had been appointed to discharge a task which seemed in his eyes so grand, so lofty, that he was on the point of believing that the god of his fathers had summoned him to perform it. He loved Egypt. It was a fair country. Where could his people find a more delightful home? It was only the circumstances under which they had lived there which had been intolerable. Happier times were now in store. The tribes were given the choice between returning to Goshen or settling on the lake land west of the Nile, with whose fertility and ample supply of water he was well acquainted. No one would have a right to reduce them to bondage, and whoever gave his labor to the service of the state was to have for overseer no stern and cruel foreigner, but a man of his own blood. True, he knew that the Hebrews must remain under subjection to Pharaoh, but had not Joseph, Ephraim and his sons, Hosea's ancestors, been called his subjects, and lived content to be numbered among the Egyptians. If the covenant was made, the elders of the tribes were to direct the private concerns of the people. Spite of Bai's opposition, Moses had been named regent of the new territory, while he, Hosea himself, was to command the soldiers who would defend the frontiers, and marshal fresh troops from the Israelite mercenaries, who had already borne themselves valiantly in many a fray. Ere he had quitted the palace, Bai had made various mysterious allusions, which, though vague in purport, betrayed that the priest was cherishing important plans, and, as soon as the guidance of the government passed from old Rui's hands into his, a high position, perhaps the command of the whole army, now led by a Syrian named Arsu, would be conferred on him, Hosea. But this prospect caused him more anxiety than pleasure, though great was his satisfaction at having gained the concession that every third year the eastern frontiers of the country should be thrown open to his people, that they might go to the desert and there offer sacrifices to their God. Moses had seemed to lay the utmost stress upon this privilege, and according to the existing law, no one was permitted to cross the narrow fortified frontier on the east without the permission of the government. Perhaps granting this desire of the mighty leader might win him to accept a compact so desirable for his nation. During these negotiations, Hosea had again realized his estrangement from his people. He was not even aware for what purpose the sacrifice in the desert was offered. 
he also frankly acknowledged to pharaoh's counsellors that he knew neither the grievances nor the requirements of the tribes a course he pursued to secure to the hebrews the right of changing or revising in any respect the offers he was to convey what better proposals could they or their leader desire the future was full of fresh hopes of happiness for his people and himself if the compact was made the time had arrived for him to establish a home of his own and miriam's image again appeared in all its loftiness and beauty the thought of gaining this splendid maiden was fairly intoxicating and he wondered whether he was worthy of her and if it would not be presumptuous to aspire to the hand of the divinely inspired majestic virgin and prophetess he was experienced in the affairs of life and knew full well how little reliance could be placed upon the promises of the vacillating man who found the sceptre too heavy for his feeble hand but he had exercised caution and if the elders of the people could be but won over the agreement would be inscribed on metal tablets sentence by sentence and hung in the temple at thebes with the signatures of pharaoh and the envoys of the hebrews like every other binding agreement between egypt and a foreign nation such documents he had learned this from the treaty of peace concluded with the cheta assured and lengthened the brief eternity of national covenants he had certainly neglected no precaution to secure his people from treachery and perjury never had he felt more vigorous more confident more joyous than when he again entered pharaoh's chariot to take leave of his subordinates Bai's mysterious hints and suggestions troubled him very little he was accustomed to leave future anxieties to be cared for in the future but at the camp he encountered a grief which belonged to the present surprised angry and troubled he learned that ephraim had secretly left the tent telling no one whither he was going a hurried investigation drew out the information that the youth had been seen on the road to tanis and hosea hastily bade his trusty shield-bearer search the city for the youth and if he found him to order him to follow his uncle to succoth after the chief had said farewell to his men he set off attended only by his old groom he was pleased to have the adone and subaltern officers who had been with him the stern warriors with whom he had shared everything in war and peace in want and privation show so plainly the pain of parting tears streamed down the bronze cheeks of many a man who had grown gray in warfare as he clasped his hand for the last time many a bearded lip was pressed to the hem of his robe to his feet and to the sleek skin of the noble libyan steed which pressing forward with arching neck only to be curbed by its rider's strength bore him through the ranks for the first time since his mother's death his own eyes grew dim as shouts of farewell rang warmly and loudly from the manly breasts of his soldiers never before had he so deeply realized how firmly he was bound to these men and how he loved his noble profession yet the duty he was now fulfilling was also great and glorious and the god who had absolved him from his oath and smoothed the way for him to obey his father's commands as a true and upright man would perhaps bring him back to his comrades in arms whose cordial farewell he still fancied he heard long after he was out of reach of their voices the greatness of the work assigned to him the enthusiasm of a man who devotes himself with devout earnestness to the performance of a difficult task 
the rapturous joy of the lover who with well-founded hopes of the fulfilment of the purest and fairest desires of his heart hastened to meet the woman of his choice first dawned upon him when he left the city behind and was dashing at a rapid trot toward the southeast across the flat well-watered plain with its wealth of palm groves while forcing his steed to a slower pace as he passed through the streets of the capital and the region near the harbor his mind was so engrossed by his recent experiences and his anxiety concerning the runaway youth that he paid little attention to the throng of vessels laying at anchor the motley crowd of ship owners traders sailors and laborers representatives of the nations of africa and asia who sought a livelihood here and the officials soldiers and petitioners who had followed pharaoh from thebes to the city of rameses he had even failed to see two men of high rank though one hornecht the captain of the archers had waved his hand to him they had retired into the deep gateway formed by the pylons at the entrance of the temple of seth to escape the clouds of dust which the desert wind was still blowing along the road while hornecht was vainly trying to arrest the horseman's attention his companion by the second prophet of amon whispered let him go he will learn where his nephew is soon enough as you desire replied the soldier then he eagerly continued the story he had just begun when they brought the lad in he looked like a piece of clay in the potter's workshop no wonder replied the priest he had lain long enough in the road in the dust of typhon but what was your steward seeking among the soldiers we had heard from my adone whom i sent to the camp last evening that the poor youth was attacked by a severe fever so kasana put some wine in her nurse's balsam and dispatched the old creature with them to the camp to the youth or to hosea asked the prophet with a mischievous smile to the sufferer replied horneck positively a frown darkening his brow but restraining himself he added as if apologizing her heart is as soft as wax and the hebrew youth you saw him yesterday is a splendid lad just fitted to win a woman's heart replied the priest laughing besides whoever shows kindness to the nephew does not harm the uncle that was not in her mind replied hornecht bluntly but the invisible god of the hebrews is not less watchful of his children than the immortals whom you serve for he led hotepu to the youth just as he was at the point of death the dreamer would undoubtedly have ridden past him for the dust had already transformed him into a bit of potter's clay but then then the old man suddenly saw a glint of gold in the dusty heap and the stiffest neck will stoop for that quite true my hotepu did so and the broad gold circlet the lad wore flashed in the sunlight and preserved his life a second time the luckiest thing is that we have the lad in our possession yes i was rejoiced to have him open his eyes once more then his recovery grew more and more rapid the doctor says he's like a kitten and all these mishaps will not cost him his life but he is in a violent fever and in his delirium says all sorts of senseless things which even my daughter's nurse a native of ascalon cannot clearly comprehend only she thought she caught kasana's name so it is once more a woman who is the source of trouble stop these jests holy father replied hornecht biting his lips a modest widow and that boy with the down still on his lips 
At his age, replied the unabashed priest, full-blown roses have a stronger attraction for young beetles than do buds, and in this instance, he added more gravely, it is a most fortunate accident. We have Hosea's nephew in the snare, and it will be your part not to let him escape. Do you mean that we are to deprive him of his liberty? cried the warrior. Even so. Yet you value his uncle? Certainly, but the state has a higher claim. This boy is a desirable hostage. Hosea's sword was an extremely useful tool to us, but if the hand that guides it is directed by the man whose power ever greater things we know, you mean the Hebrew Mesu? then Hosea will deal us wounds as deep as those he erst inflicted on his foes. Yet I have heard you say more than once that he was incapable of perjury. And so I say still, he has given wonderful proof of it today. Merely for the sake of being released from his oath, he thrust his head into the crocodile's jaws. But though the son of Nun is a lion, he will find his master in Mesu. That man is the mortal foe of the Egyptians, the bare thought of him stirs my gall. The cries of the wailing women behind this door admonish us loudly enough to hate him. Yet the weakling on the throne has forgotten vengeance, and is now sending Hosea on an errand of reconciliation. With your sanction, I think? Aye, replied the priest with a mocking smile. We send him to build a bridge. Oh, this bridge! A greybeard's withered brain recommends it to be thrown across the stream, and the idea just suits this pitiful son of a great father, who would certainly never have shunned swimming through the wildest whirlpool, especially when revenge was to be sought. Let Hosea essay the bridge. If it leads him back across the stream to us, I will offer him a right warm and cordial welcome. But as soon as this one man stands on our shores, may its support sink under the leaders of his people, we, the only brave souls in Egypt, must see to that. So be it, yet I fear we shall lose the chief too, if justice overtakes his people. It might also seem so. You have greater wisdom than I. Yet here you believe me in error? How could I venture to... As a member of the military council, you are entitled to your own opinion, and I consider myself bound to show you the end of the path along which you have hitherto followed us with blindfold eyes. So listen, and judge accordingly when your turn comes to speak in the council. The chief priest Rui is old, and now you fulfill half his offices. Would that he might soon be relieved of the last half of his burden. Not on my own account. I love strife, but for the welfare of our native land. It is a deep-seated feeling of our natures, to regard the utterances and mandates of age as wisdom, so there are few among the counselors who do not follow the old man's opinions, yet his policy limps on crutches, like himself. All good projects are swamped under his weak, faint-hearted guidance. That is the very reason my vote is at your disposal, cried the warrior. That is why I am ready to use all my might to hurl this sleeper from the throne and get rid of his foolish advisers. The prophet laid his finger on his lips to warn his companion to be more cautious, drew him nearer, pointed to his litter, and said in a low, hurried tone, I am expected at the sublime port, so listen. 
if hosea's mission is successful his people will return the guilty with the innocent and the latter will suffer among the former we can include the whole of hosea's tribe who call themselves the sons of ephraim from old nun down to the youth in your dwelling we may spare them but masu too is a hebrew and what we do to him will not occur in the public street and it is child's play to sow enmity between two men who desire to rule in the same sphere i will make sure that hosea shall shut his eyes to the other's death but pharaoh whether his name is menefeta or he lowered his voice sipta must then raise him to so great a height and he merits it that his giddy eyes will never discern aught we desire to conceal there is one dish that never falls on any man who has once tasted it and what is that power hornecht mighty power as ruler of a whole province commander of all the mercenaries in arsu's stead he will take care not to break with us i know him if i can succeed in making him believe mesu has wronged him and the imperious man will afford some pretext for it and can bring him to the conviction that the law directs the punishment we meet out to the sorcerer and the worst of his adherents he will not only assent but approve it and if he fails in his mission he will return at any rate for he would not be false to his oath but if mesu from whom we may expect anything should detain him by force the boy will be of service to us for hosea loves him his people value his life and he belongs to one of their noblest tribes in any case pharaoh must threaten the lad we will guard him and that will unite his uncle to us by fresh ties and lead him to join those who are angry with the king excellent the surest way to attain our object will be by forging still another chain in short now i beg you to be quiet your temper is far too hot for your gray hairs in short our hebrew brother in arms the savior of my life the ablest man in the army who is certain to win the highest place must be your son-in-law kasana's heart is his my wife has told me so hornet frowned again and struggled painfully to control his anger he perceived that he must overcome his objection to giving his daughter to the man whose birth he scorned much as he liked and esteemed his character he could not refrain from uttering an oath under his breath but his answer to the prophet was more calm and sensible than the latter had anticipated if kasana was so possessed by demons that this stranger infatuated her let her have her will but hosea had not yet sued for her by the red god seth and his seventy companions he added wrathfully neither you nor any one shall induce me to offer my daughter who has twenty suitors to a man who terms himself our friend yet finds no leisure to greet us in our own house to keep fast hold of the lad is another thing i will see to that End of chapter 10